What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. My name is We Too Deep. Um, and uh, let's dive on in. So we only got one community question this week. You know, you know, this happens. Sometimes people don't have time to think of questions in the Discord. It is what it is. That's why I always got to plan a show uh, to go around it. And, and I'm actually kind of glad I only got one community question. Cause I got a whole show here for, for you guys. I got a lot to say today. Um, coming off of, uh, full gear out of AEW. I got a lot to say, and I got a lot on my chest that we gotta just, we just gotta talk about. We just got to talk about it. We got Survivor Series predictions. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, but before we get to that, let's, let's handle some housekeeping here. Just like always, link in the description. Join the Discord. Um, you know, if you're listening on podcast networks, thank you for that. Leave us a review. Leave a, you know, follow. Turn on your notifications. Subscribe, whatever, depending on the service. And, uh, you know, you'll get a notification every time the episode goes live. Um, if you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. Um, you can share the audio as well. If you're listening that way, share it with your friends. I got a notification. You know, so I signed up on uh, a website called Pod Charts, and uh, you can track a podcast. And so I started tracking mine. And it emails you anytime you're in the top 200 in your category. Now, in the wrestling category, it's a niche market, absolutely. But there's, there's, I mean, there's podcasts on this top 200. I check once a week uh, just to see how it changes. And, and, and of course, you have like Cornette's first and second because he has two shows. I think uh, Busted Open is third, or they they sort of change between second and third with one of Cornette's shows. Um, but I check once a week, and there's shows on there that I've never heard of before, right? Um, and so I don't know how it's sort of calculated, but I I, uh, I got an alert on Sunday in my email, an email box, Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast on pod charts, 153rd best wrestling podcast. Now, this changes per day. They update daily, and again, I'm assuming it's by... Uh, plays within a certain, I'm assuming, a 24-hour period of time. I, I don't actually know. Um, but I was 153rd. Now, look, now, I've been ranked, you know, I went in the past at other times since we've started, and I believe in May or June of this year, we were like 125 um, that I went back and looked at was as high as we, we could get was like 125. Which is cool, you know. I, I, at one point, I was higher than one of Cardona's shows. I was higher than Russo, uh, and all of that, which is cool to me, right? Um, all that saying is, we got a goal, y'all. We got a goal. By the end of 2024, I'm gonna need y'all to help me get into the top 100 consistently. Not like like because I was 153 on on Sunday, and then Monday I dropped to 197. I don't think I'm on the charts right now. I haven't looked today. I'm recording Tuesday night. Um, but I just think it's cool to be on these charts. This is cool. Um, I, I'm just a dude who sat here, had no intention of really growing this thing. I just wanted to sp speak my opinion. And so I, I do want to thank you all who have sort of helped support this. Um, but let's let's do a little bit more. Same with me, promoting this thing, sharing it out. Uh getting the word out on, on everything. Um, and then of course you can buy the merchandise slapping me to wrestling.com. You can get all the merchandise there. Again, that's slapping me wrestling.com. Final thing I want to mention is we did the last episode we did was the, 
the, the panel of me, Wavy D, Cody, and, and Junkyard James. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I've got some good feedback from it. Um, and so I want to, I know I do this, a normal episode where we talk about a lot of the news, and then I do like an NXT episode. I'm, I'm kind of not really feeling the NXT review anymore just because um, I'm not a big review guy. I've never really been that way, and I've tried these several times with Raw SmackDown and NXT, and I just haven't been big on because I, you know, those review shows are like 15 minutes long because I don't really have a lot of opinions on a lot of them. Um, like this episode of NXT today, it, we're building towards deadline and we're doing a very good job at it, but there's nothing really to talk about other than a hey, Josh Briggs one. And I'm happy about it, but, uh, I just, I don't have a lot really necessarily to say about tonight's episode, um, of, of NXT. They did a lot of good story building, um, and and that's all I really got to say. But but that's NXT, right? It, it's the same every week, and I, and it gets repetitive to say the same thing. So I'm gonna stop doing review shows. With that being said, I think doing two shows a week is still still a plausible thing. Um, but I don't want to sit here and do two news episodes every week. Um, and so I want to hear some feedback from you all. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out here. I think we need to get a a wee too deep in a way VD show collab every week, if that's possible. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, see what he says. I know he listens every, he's going to be one of the first people to listen to this when it goes up. Uh, I'm even open to if, if junkyard James and Cody are open to it doing once a week, a panel of us four just sitting here talking wrestling doesn't necessarily have to be on a topic. Wavy D got a lot of questions for them anyway. We could fill up uh, several episodes with questions Wavy D has for the other side. Maybe start and and just have a, a fun show that a fun episode that way. Um, so I want to hear y'all's feedback, Wavy D. The invites out there, uh, and uh, James and Cody. The invites out there. If y'all want to be on it more than than just once or twice uh, a year or every few months, that I normally would try to bring them on. I'm down to do a weekly episode with you all because um, I'm all about community and I'm all about crossing lines. You know, a lot of times you, you uh, people try to fit themselves in a niche of I'm only trying to reach casual fans or I'm only trying to reach AEW fans. And so they never bring people of differing opinions onto their show. I'm not that way. I like the different opinions. I like to have the, the, the intellectual conversations and and I like to have fun. And so I think we can achieve all of that in a, in a cordial, re respectful manner like we did on the last episode. Um, I, I think one of the feedbacks that I got, I think it was from Kara. She said, uh, you know, y'all need to go show politicians how to, how to do what y'all just did, where you politely, respectfully disagree, professionally disagreed with each other. And uh, I think that's a lost art in, in media, whether it's wrestling, any type of sport. Uh, politics. I think it's a lost art to to have an actual conversation without telling someone they're an idiot or without without being disrespectful. Um, I like to joke around all the time. If you say something stupid, I'm going to tell you you said something stupid. But um, respectfully disagreeing is something that uh, I think is a lost art, and especially in the wrestling uh, media world where everyone's just trying to do things for clicks. I don't care about the clicks. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and so I don't get paid enough to care about clicks right now. Now, maybe if I was making, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for clicks, maybe, maybe I'd be a little bit different, but I don't get paid enough to care about the clicks at this point. Uh, and, and my philosophy has always been, if you want to listen, you're going to listen. And if you don't want to listen, there's nothing I can say that will make you want to listen. It has to be, you know, a choice from yourself to, to, to listen. So with that being said, let's jump in. Let's start with this community question. Now that I kept you here for a long introduction. Uh, so this comes from the Witters and it's a fun question. And it's going to be the only one we do this week. And it's, um, 
It's a, a mixed tag match for the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast Mixed Tag Team Championship. It's DJ Wavy D teaming with Asuka, his his bay, his 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 number one uh, versus me, we too deep. Who would I choose as my partner um, in this mixed tag showdown? And this this is a question that you know I've been contemplating. There's a lot of different ways I can go, uh, and so I could try to find someone who you know I can immediately go with the, the who do I think is the hottest or who's my bay, right? Or I could go with someone who you know. I can look at the strategy of, of a fight and say, okay, Asuka is this dominant champion. She needs, I need someone who's a dominant champion and I could care less, a little bit less than uh, to the attraction part of it. Or I could just mix both of them together. Cause the question never said it had to be a WWE female wrestler. And so we're going to, we're going to combine the two. We're going to combine badass uh dominant champion for for her respective company and we're going to combine that with the fact that she is bay she is attractive she is my number 1 y'all know y'all should know where this is going come on now come on now y'all know where we're going with it we're, we're bringing in Diana Parasso the virtuosa herself Diana Perrazzo, y'all know me well enough, right? If, if the question would have said had to be WWE, we're probably going, uh, we're probably, I'm going to be completely honest with you. We're just going to take the wild card and pick Sol Ruka. That's what I would have done if it was WWE because she's she's my bae of WWE. I mean, she's like the, she's just not on TV, so I don't talk about her no more. But I saw her on, I saw the picture of her on Instagram again because Instagram's algorithm, you know, of, if you're not looking for it, they're not going to show it to you. But I saw it and and I saw a picture of her and I was like, bro, I miss you. Please come back. <laughs> ACL injuries suck, though, for real. But. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going we're going to virtuosa. We're going. And here's the thing, y'all. You don't understand with this Tony D stuff going on. How fantastic Diana Parasso would be on NXT in a faction with the family. Speaking of that, the girl that is in the faction, we don't really have a name for her. She just, she, I need to know a name for her because she's added to the list of the We Too Deep uh, is attracted to you to, uh, list, and I need to know your name uh, so, so, so that I can write it on an official list, right? Because <laughs> uh, I can't just put on the list the Italian girl with Tony D., uh, but uh, yeah, moving forward with that, that's a good question. Like, I like these type of questions. A lot of uh, a lot of podcast makers wouldn't take these type of questions because they're trying to sort of have a, a serious brand. No, I, I'm fun. That that's who I am. This is who I am. I'm fun. I like to have a good time. Uh, I like to uh joke around these are fun questions and, and 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 i think a lot of especially male podcast hosts in this sphere of wrestling they don't want to sound like they're objectifying women let me let me tell y'all something i'm not objectifying them i'm recognizing hey y'all are beautiful all women you're beautiful it doesn't matter what you look like for, right it, it really doesn't uh it's not a it's not really an objectification it's just recognizing hey there is a sexual appeal that men have to women and the same that women have to men, right? Men are sexually attracted to women. Women are sexually attracted to men. It's just a lot easier for women in, in wrestling to sort of display that without being called a creep. If I, if I come out here and say, oh, so Ruka, you're beautiful. Oh, you, I'm a creep, right? No, I don't think I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of, of the double standards. Um, I think that there's an aspect of wrestling where where you can you could play into the sex appeal. Um, you can you can you could play into it, and and it don't matter what you look like. Someone's attracted to you. I promise you. I promise you. Uh, 
But let's move into the actual show, the actual notes that I had written down for. We'll, we'll end with the, the Survivor Series predictions, but let's go into it. Let's start with the biggest news that, or not really biggest, the, the first piece of news that drops after the episode with uh, Cody, Wavy D, and, and Junkyard James. And that was on Friday night where Ronda Rousey decided to show up and she debuted at the ROH tapings. And now I have a lot to say about this. So the first thing is, is I want to say, Ronda Rousey, you're a free woman. You can do whatever you want. However, you really think you're doing something here, Ronda? I don't understand this because there's going to be fan. And we'll talk about the fan reaction in a minute. But there's going to be fans that are like, oh, Ronda Rousey, she's uh, she's free from the WWE. She can, oh, she's going to make big, big uh, gains here in ROH. Y- y'all really think this is a promotion to her? Y'all crazy. Come on now. Come on now. ROH, you're, if WWE is first place, right, and you were on SmackDown, Right, you were on the big show in WWE. You go from first place, biggest in ratings, to to not even getting ratings because it's on an app. This isn't a promotion, and we got to get rid of this notion in, in professional wrestling that that any performer can go to any company and and it it it'll benefit them. No, you you demote it yourself. You may make more money. But you demoted yourself. I don't know what money she makes, nor do I really care. The the fact of the matter is, is Tony Khan, and we're gonna we're gonna address Tony Khan a lot tonight. Tony Khan, my guy, listen to me right here. You went face to face against the biggest show in professional wrestling with your show collision you, you because you were doing the pay-per-view on on Saturday you put collision on Friday i respect the business decision here's the thing my dude and i'm sure you promoted the show here's the thing my dude if you were first off you did three tapings you you did you did collision you you did then did a live rampage and then you did a taping of of ROH so you had people there probably from 7 eastern time to probably around midnight I'm sorry, my dude. I ain't got that much energy in me. I, I I ain't got that much energy in me. How many? I want to know how many people actually stayed for the ROH taping. Um, but secondly, how do you not, or how how? Let me phrase it a different way. How do you have Ronda Rousey in the building for and not put her on collision? How do you have Ronda Rousey on collision? Are, are in the building that collision is being on and not have her on the show. How do you not promote her saying, Hey, guess what guys? Ronda Rousey's coming and we're going face to face with her old show. We're going time slot, the time shot with her old show. And, and the, how do you not promote her? Cause, Cause even if she was going to be on ROH, you know what you could have done, Tony, you could have brought Ronda Rousey out during collision promoted her and everything, had her say, hey, this is the one-time thing that I'm on collision. I'm going to ROH. I'm taking Marina Shafir with me, and we're going to go dominate ROH and 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 and, and do that, right? We're, and that would have been fine. But how do you not put Ronda Rousey on collision? I don't understand this business decision. Even if it was for a night only, to, to debut Ronda Rousey versus SmackDown, that, that maybe you get more than 250, 270. I don't even know the full rating. It was under 300,000 this week. And I get it because it was against SmackDown. <laughs> I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I, I think Ronda wanted to be an ROH. That's fine. But Tony, you got to be like, hey, but you got to be on collision tonight. You got to be on collision. Tony, get some balls, my dude. Grow some balls. Run your show and what makes the best decision for the company, not for the performers. 
you're the boss, dude. Grow a pair. <laughs> uh, man, and we're going. That's going to be the theme of this episode. All right, so let's move on. So we moved into full gear, right? And the big question coming in, and 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 everybody on social media for like four weeks now have been saying, oh, you just got to wait the full gear. You got to wait the full gear. We'll find out who this devil character is. And I don't really give a fuck because I don't watch the show. But but we're, we were supposed to figure this out. And I'm hearing theories of, oh, it's CM Punk and they're going to pull the biggest swerve of all time. Uh, and, 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 and we get to the show and they don't debut them. And so all the conspiracy theorists, it's, oh, everything, everything's a work. And all the conspiracy theorists are going to wait till Saturday. They're going to wait till Saturday when they're competing with Survivor Series. And they're going to bring CM Punk back on collision. Are are y'all dumb? Are you dumb? How do you not tell us who the the devil is? is That's what pay-per-views are for, to end stories and continue them. Come on, dude. How do you not tell us who the devil is? How do you not do it? It just doesn't make any sense booking-wise. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to tell you this right now, though. I don't think it's CM Punk. I don't know who it is. Don't really care who it is, but I can tell you it's not CM Punk. I I, I don't think there's any way possible they can get that through. I don't think the fan base wants him back. The fan base was extremely happy that he got fired. I don't think they want him back. I can imagine it being a uh, uh, jungle bitch. I can imagine it being him. I don't think it would be the best thing ever. Um, I think the problem with this storyline is, is we're less than two months. We're like five weeks away from 2024 where MJF's contract will expire. And the the sort of rumor is, oh, well, he's signed. I'm, I've, I've been told he's re-signed with AEW, and he wants to stay, and that's all fine and dandy. But until until it's been confirmed and the news media is actually saying he's re-signed, he re-signed I'm not going to believe a damn word from the dirt sheets. Um, and so you have your world champion and, and, and this big de- uh, debut set for MJF or whatever the devil character is, and you're, you're very uncertain, and so a lot of me feels like they're not going to debut it until we find out if MJF is staying or not. And and that's a crazy situation. If he's resigned, let the fans know. Or, or, or like, like, you can't be, keep, be keeping this a secret till 2024. Um, I just, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I don't care, but I think... Not announcing him resigning is just going to get people's hopes up that he's going to, you know. And so I just, I don't understand how you have this big debut that everyone believed was going to happen and every single AEW fan was wrong. That I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen the entire fan base sort of get it wrong with, oh, they're going to debut it at full gear. I've never seen a fan base get it wrong that, that that badly. And 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 the fan base was right. It should have been debuted on the pay-per-view. Considering, I mean, I get it. You have another pay-per-view in 39 days. What, what December 30th? Um, so I get it. I get it. I really do. You have another pay-per-view. Maybe you debut it there. Maybe you debut it on the build to it. But everyone in the fan base expected to know who the devil was. There are people who weren't watchers of the show who just sort of kept up with it via social media, who expected to see who the devil was and they didn't get it. Um, and so for a company that supposedly listens to its fan base, it, 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 it failed to do that. Um, all right. So, so if you see the, 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 if you are watching the YouTube or if you've seen the, the thumbnail for the YouTube video, uh, you had to know this was coming. Um, the title is You Can't Make This Shit Up. And uh, I named it that because that was my genuine reaction. I wasn't watching. I wasn't even checking social media. I'm I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to get away from Twitter 
X, whatever you want to call it. It's it's toxic everywhere. Wrestling's toxic. Politics are toxic. Everything on my feed is toxic. The app itself is toxic. I've been followed by like 400 bots in the last two months. Uh, Elon Musk took over, promised to get rid of the bots, but instead set them free. And now I'm being followed by bots like every two minutes, it feels like. Uh, and then the pay-to-play, basically, method of we're going to pay based on reactions and 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 uh, to, to these tweets. So if you like it or you click on it or you look at it for a certain period of time or you share it or repost it, you know, you get picked up. Uh, you get paid per engagement. So no one's actually making any useful statements or just making controversial statements that get engagements so that they can get paid for it. That's a bad system. Uh, so the, the entire app has gone to shit. Um, and, and it's, it's a very bad system. And I, 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 I like the freedom to be able to say what I want a little bit more and not really be censored, but there's still censorship. Um, and then you just ruin the rest of what made, I didn't actually think Twitter under Jack Dorsey was bad. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I know a lot of the people who believe, and you know, I'm a big free speech guy, but I didn't really think, you know, I, I, I'll say it this way. Twitter has the right to have its terms of services. And so like I've had an account suspended before. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I had the, uh, uh when, uh, when they sort of completely rated, what, what was known as QAnon, uh, I had a slogan that they apparently used in their, uh, I had it in my bio. And so I got rated with the, in my account suspended with all the QAnon accounts. Um, and here's the thing. If, if I had a, if I had a slogan that they deemed as violating their terms of services, they have the right to suspend me. That's not censorship. The only thing that I am upset with Twitter about is I was not able to appeal and explain that, hey, I have nothing to do with the with QAnon. I'll change whatever is wrong, but tell me what's wrong and I'll get rid of it. That's the only beef I had with Twitter. But but the idea that you could go to Twitter and agree to their terms of services and then get upset when their terms of services suspend you because you violated their terms of services. That's that's a very, very crazy idea to me. And so everyone was so happy when Elon bought the app saying it was going to make it pro-free pro free speech. And that's not at all what he's done. There's still censorship. There's still a terms of services. Um, and now we just have bots running all over the place. And it's made the app practically unusable because no one's, everyone's either locked behind a uh you know subscribe to see this post so that you can make money or they're posting stupid hot takes and so the app's unusable and then the algorithm itself feeds you only politics because that's what that's what elon musk is in now he's he's trying to uh be a political figure um and and so he they only really feed you politics um, even if you're not searching for it, the, the, they feed you po the, the politic, uh, the, the political world. And so that app is completely unusable, at least to me. And so I try to stay off of it. Um, but I, so I wasn't watching the show, wasn't paying attention to it. My phone was on do not disturb, to be completely honest with you. And um, I just happened to get on Discord and saw uh, a message sent by someone in one of the Discord servers that I'm in saying like oh my god guys they, they they're having they're having hangman page he's literally drinking swerve strickland's blood and i was like you you're you're kidding right you're you're kidding there's no way they're actually going to let him drink his blood on a show and and and, and you know okay okay he's bleeding he grabbed it and he like licked the blood and no no this dude is literally drinking this motherfucker's blood I went to go find the clip to, to, to just verify. This dude is drinking his blood. So let's not let's let's address this from multiple different views. Let's address this from a fan point of view. If you're a fan and you're watching this match, and, and so first off, I'm not a big fan of deathmatch wrestling to begin with. 
I'm, I'm just not. I think it's absolutely asinine. I think it's stupid. I think it it's it's it does not belong anywhere near top tier professional wrestling. It's indie hard. It's indie bullshit that I think needs to stay on the indies. That's just my personal opinion. And now I know there's going to be the, the the hardcore fan that hears and says, well, there's 70 years of Texas wrestling of hard. I don't give a fuck. That was independent wrestling. None of the, right. There's a reason that it doesn't happen on WWE. And right. We don't see deathmatch wrestling on WWE. There's not a large market for people to see that shit. And so the match itself, I just would not care about. And so from a casual fan perspective, if you had new fans tuning in who paid money to see this show and what they see is a grown man drinking another human's fucking blood and you think that this is fucking okay. So I got a question. I got a question, Tony Khan, who approved this? Who approved this segment? And if the answer is, well, we didn't approve it, okay. So what you're telling me is you're allowing workers to go around your decision or they didn't let you know and they just get to run the asylum. Which means, again, Tony Khan, grow some fucking balls and punish them. Because either A, you're incompetent and you approved a segment that should not have been approved or B you have no balls. They have no respect for you. And you just go around looking like a fucking jackass and they're just, Oh yeah, he's not going to care. We're just going to do it. He's not going to do anything. I'm Adam page. I'm friends with the young bucks. He's not going to do anything to me. This is the privilege that I'm talking about. Cause if this was CM punk, if this was CM punk drinking someone's blood, he would be disciplined for it. He would be critiqued for it. But it's it's Hangman Page. He's friends with the Young Bucks. No one's gonna say nothing. We're just gonna toss it under the rug like it doesn't, that like it didn't happen, or or we're gonna try to justify it because he's 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 Hangman Page. He's 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 part of all friends wrestling. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Y'all stop me when I'm telling lies. It's either, it's either Tony Khan, you're incompetent. You don't understand how to run a fucking business and you approve this or they don't have enough respect for you in the locker room to not tell you that he planned on drinking this motherfucker's blood. Because what I think happened, what I think happened, I don't know if this was pre-planned or not. I think what happened is at some point in this match, whether it was backstage before the show started, at some point during the match, they... Hangman Page said, "Hey man, I'm going to call an audible here, and, and I'm going to I'm going to staple you. And then and then at one point I'm going to rip the staple out of you, and you're going to start leaking blood, and I'm going to drink it. And we're all going to have a good time doing it. Now let's just not talk about the the fact of how unsafe this is from a medical perspective, because if this wasn't pre-planned." Then they probably didn't test the guy. So who fucking knows what kind of viruses the the hangman page took inside of his mouth? I'm not saying he had anything like dangerous, but if he had a bloodborne virus, say like coronavirus or some sort sort of uh, herpes, I don't know if you guys know this, but cold sores are herpes. Right, herpes doesn't mean sexually transmitted, it, it but they tra- it transmits through the blood. It transmits right some sort of some sort of virus that you know, and you just literally consumed it. Maybe you you know he's infected with something, and you get a you get a infection, or you 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 know. It, but but let's not even talk about that. Let's just talk about how fucking gross this is. I'm a dude, and I was grossed out watching this. I know you probably don't give a fuck about the female side of the audience because you definitely don't give a fuck about the female side of the roster. But whatever female fans you had, I'm pretty sure you probably lost a lot of them. 
But let's talk about the biggest reason I'm, I would be pissed off about this decision if I was in the company. You're working towards a, a you're working towards a re-signed TV deal that you do not have. You do not have TV after 2024, from my understanding. And you're working towards a re-signed deal for TV. With rumors that I saw this week or last week of, you know, they may be far apart with Warner. That they may not have a deal with Warner. And instead of trying to do everything in your in your uh, in your uh, anything possible to to make the best of your company to show Warner that you mean business, instead of telling every person who works for you, "Hey, man, we got to stay in our P's and Q's. There's a TV deal we're trying to sign here." Instead of doing that, <laughs> you put on TV. You put on your your pay per view. A man drinking blood. And if you don't see this as a bad business decision, you're a fucking idiot. I'm just straight up saying it. If you don't see this as a bad business decision, you are a fucking idiot. I don't care how good the match was. It could have been the best match ever. I don't care who was in the match. You don't do this. You just don't. There's there's certain lines in the business that you just don't cross. And Tony Khan, you crossed it, man. You crossed it. And no one's going to blame nobody. They're just going to sit here and act like nothing happened because no one has the balls to call these motherfuckers out. Well, I do. So there's two there's two things here with Tony Khan, right? There's two things. Like, like this doesn't surprise me with Hangman Page. He has, a, he has a sort of history of doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. And, and, and he's just, I don't want to say he's justified in thinking that way because he's not, but I understand why he would think that because Tony Khan doesn't do anything to him. There's this, there's a principle here when it comes to as a boss, right? And 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 again, if you've never managed employees where you had to hire, fire, or write up somebody, you know you don't understand this. But there's a principle. You know, if they do something wrong, if they break the rules, and you allow it, they're going to continue to do it, and they're going to do they're going to go a little bit further past, and they're going to go a little bit further past. Right. And, and the more you allow, the more they're going to take. You give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. You give them a mile, they're going to take the whole damn the, the whole damn yard. And so I just when when Tony Khan, when you don't punish Adam Hangman Page for going in the business against CM Punk, he then thinks, oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And so he continues to do little things. And when, Je- when 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 the elite and his friends don't get in trouble for doing anything, he thinks, oh, I could do whatever I want. And then you get this result where he goes, there's no way possible that Tony Khan approved this. There's no fucking way possible that the entire company was so incompetent that they thought drinking blood would be good. I'm sorry. I don't care how big of a star you made Swerve Strickland. I don't care how good of a match it was. None of that is relevant to me when you literally have a fucking vampire scene going on right now. You have a a literal dude drinking someone's blood. That's not acceptable. It's It's not needed in today's wrestling. It's just not. No, there's no argument against that. I'm dying on this hill right here. I'm holding the line. This crossed every boundary that was said about what is a, uh, what is acceptable on, on TV. And there's a lot of things I think are acceptable. But this crossed the line. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, everything is bad. You just got to do, you, you, we, we got to, we got to be tame. And no, I, I think, I think there are lines that can be crossed. This is one of them that can't. 
and and a response would be like, oh, you, you know, and I can already hear, and I've already I've already heard it. Oh, but remember when when Roman Reigns was covered in dog food? First off, dog food and blood are completely different. Second, no one ever said that shit was good. No one ever sat here and said, oh, that Roman Reigns segment where he got covered in, in dog food. Oh, man, that was a great segment. No, I remember feeling actual disgust for it. I felt bad for Roman Reigns. I felt bad for Baron Corbin. No one ever said that shit was good. But everyone out here is acting like because the match may have been the one of the best death match ever. That, it's, that, that we could just sort of skip over the fact that you just exchanged bodily fluids in the middle of the fucking ring. We're just going to skip over that. Oh, but I, I, I can already hear the excuses. I can already hear the excuses of, well, there's a there's a assumption of risk that they, they probably pre-planned it. I don't give a fuck. You don't do it. This is stupid. And no one's going to get punished for it. And Tony Khan ultimately is to blame because people continue to do stupid shit with his company because he's unwilling to say anything about it. Tony Khan, grow some fucking balls. Man up just a little bit. And, 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 and like actually have some sort of standard of what is and what is not allowed to happen in your company. But that's not the only thing that, that happened that I want to talk about with Full Gear. Uh, the next thing happened, and it's not really big news, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Will Ospreay has signed with AEW. Who would have fucking thought? <laughs> I don't think there was a single WWE fan that actually thought WWE really had a chance in the world to get Will Ospreay. That doesn't mean you don't try. Same thing with uh, Okada. I think we'll, we have a better chance of getting Okada. But if we don't get Okada, it's not a big loss. Not getting Will Ospreay is not a loss to WWE. It would have been a gain, but there was no risk in going after him because if we didn't get him, we don't lose anything. But if we got him, we gain the third best wrestler on the planet in my in my, in my uh predict and like sort of my rankings right it's not a big surprise that he chose aew because that's what he is he is independent wrestling he's not he's not sports entertainment he, he's not wwe he's he's he just doesn't fit and he wants to be main event and he and he and i am pretty sure if they there was any talks from wwe to will osprey the talks were hey man you're like intercontinental championship caliber, and that's that's about it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, Osprey's AEW. Color me surprised. <laughs> next story. The next story you probably don't really care about, but it's just something to continue to 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 talk about these indie fans. Indie wrestling fans are weird as shit. So. Uh, here in North Carolina, there's a company called, I think it's Deadlock Pro Wrestling, and it's kind of big in the independent scene. They got a lot of big up-and-coming wrestlers. Um, one of them just finished his uh, deal, his sort of dates that he had planned with them. His name's Jay Malachi, and he's one of the big up-and-comers in the wrestling world, and he's done with Deadlock Pro Wrestling. He just vacated, or he didn't vacate, he just lost the title, and he uh, he's apparently joining WWE. And in the post that I saw from them, uh, someone in the comments was like, no, don't go to WWE. You, you should stay with DP, uh, DPW. You know, and, and I'm sitting here, and I'm not the only one who asked this question, but, but I asked the question of like, wait a minute. You don't want this guy to follow his dreams and go to the biggest wrestling company in the world where he can make himself a superstar. Because you're going to lose a, a top indie wrestler. Y'all are fucking weird. Y'all are weird. Stop being this weird, man. This dude has a chance to follow his fucking dreams. And you're going to tell him, no, don't do it. Because I don't want to lose you in my local indie company. 
Get over your fucking selves, man. That's the point of independent wrestling is to develop people to go to WWE. And until we fucking see that, until we see that there's a fucking hierarchy here, none of them are going to understand that. But Deadlock Pro Wrestling is nowhere near the caliber of WWE. This dude has the ability to become a fucking global superstar. But instead, you want him to stay in local gyms around the around the southeast because oh, we may lose our we may lose our precious champion. Who the fuck cares? Build another champion. Fans are weird, man. These indie wrestling fans are weird. It's part of the reason, the biggest part of the reason why I don't go to indie shows anymore is the company that I went to hasn't run a show since 2021 because of COVID. And I'm assuming they ran out of money or something happened where they just haven't put on a show in like two years, Um, which is crazy because they literally had like big superstars come out of there. Um, um, But... I just, the fan base is what really pushed me away from independent wrestling. They overreact for stupid shit. They they feel like the, the local indie superstars are like the best thing on the planet. And then when they leave, you know, there's a lot of them that are good people, good fans who understand that people are chasing dreams. But there's some that are just weird. You have an opportunity to go to the biggest company in the world in his craft, and you're going to tell him, don't do it? Come on. Stop being weird, my dude. All right. Let's get into one more story before we do Survivor Series. So this is a WWE story. It broke last week that WWE is going to be doing backlash in France. We already knew this was going to happen, though. I told you like two months ago that this deal was in the in the works. I mean, that's what the rumor said, and it just got finalized. Uh, there's not much to really talk about. I've already talked about how little I care about these international shows. We have five, uh, five planned shows now that are overseas. So we're talking about 15, about 45% of the PLEs next year are going to be not in your home market of America. And uh, I just don't think that's smart business. There's not much more to say about it, but it is something that happened. And, and now I can say I checked off the box that we talked about it. I just, is it going to be a good show? Probably. Is the fan reaction going to be better than anything in America? Probably. They're going to make a shit ton of money for it. Probably. Do I care about any of that? No. What I care about is backlash was supposed to, backlash has always been an event where someone in a city like, Cleveland, Ohio, which historically doesn't get WrestleMania, right? Or, or something like Charlotte, North Carolina, or Raleigh, North Carolina, who historically hasn't gotten big four pay-per-views. These are supposed to be shows where the smaller markets in America can get pay-per-views and where people can afford to go. And, and, and the response of, oh, these events, these events allow American fans to travel across the world to watch... Who the fuck can afford that shit? Who the fuck can afford to travel to fucking France to go to a wrestling show? Who can afford to take days off? Uh, you know who can? R the rich fucks who, who are going to sit down low. But the normal fans who sit up high, like, like me and the average viewer of the product, we ain't got the money, we ain't got the time, we ain't got the ability to take off work to fly to fucking France for the weekend to go watch a pay-per-view and then to come back. And we ain't got, uh, we ain't got the time. You know, some of us work on Saturdays. And so now I'm missing five pay-per-views where I can watch it live. Now I'm going to have to wait till they put it on. Cause I don't know if you guys know this. When the pay-per-views end, you just can't like so the last one ended at five of the at five o'clock. The crown jewel ended at five o'clock. I got off at five o'clock. I got home at like you know, pretty pretty close after it ended. With the assumption of it's gonna be over, I could just click on it and click watch from beginning. No, 
it it took four hours. It took four hours for the pay-per-view to be up on Peacock after it ended for me to be able to watch it. And then I've researched it's how long does this normally take? And it's anywhere from, you know, immediately 15 minutes, four hours, 24 hours. At one point it's been two days and it still wasn't up. So now I'm at the, the I'm at the sort of just whim of when WWE puts this th- thing on Peacock or when Peacock allows it to be rewatched on demand. So this is right. So now you're five pay-per-views a year next year that I'm going to have to be at the whim of WWE and Peacock on when I can watch because I'm not going to be able to watch live. And if you think that that's okay, like, like I'm not even joking with you. I don't care enough about Raw. I don't care enough about SmackDown right now. The stories aren't that entertaining to me anymore. I like the bloodline still. I don't give two absolute shits about Judgment Day anymore. Right? I don't care enough about Raw or SmackDown to care enough to even watch these shows. And so, like, even with Survivor Series, I'm not really excited about it. I'm not even joking when I might just start be the only thing that I watch would be NXT because that's the only thing I get excited about in the wrestling world anymore. And I don't like to be that way. I just don't get excited about Raw. I think the show is too long. There's too much that go on that does not entertain me. And I'm just not going to waste three hours watching a show that I'm not entertained by. Same thing with SmackDown. And so I literally might be the guy that's like, ah, I only watch NXT. And let's talk about these news stories and let's give my opinion on them, but don't really give a fuck, right? That, that, that may be who I become based on the decisions that Endeavor makes with this company. And I have already a strong hatred for Endeavor because I already know what, what's going to happen. They're going to eventually, the, they're not going to make their money back. And all they care about is return on investment. They're going to gut the roster like they did UFC. They're, they're going to gut it. They're going to gut the, the, the employee base. They're going to cut half the roster. They're going to not pay enough. Anyone who makes over, over a certain amount of money is going to get cut and they're going to keep the, the, they're going to keep some stars, but they're going to basically run on, you know, low income workers who aren't going to complain about not making money. Right. Cause that's what, that's what corporations do. So, yeah, I just, I'm not, I I, I, I may be at a point to where uh, WWE doesn't really care when I can watch the show live. And that, to me, that's the fun of watching a pay-per-view is watching it live. I work on Saturdays. I can't just go and at two o'clock watch a pay-per-view. I just can't. So uh, it may be a point to where I just stop caring about your product. Um. With that said, let's jump into, we have a PLE this weekend. That is Survivor Series. So let's go ahead and make our predictions, get them on the record, not take too much time with them. I don't, Like I said, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown, I believe, in its entirety, where I paid full attention to it in like three months. So maybe, maybe less than that. Maybe less than that. Um, it's, it's been a, a few weeks, though. So I have the matches written down. Uh, assuming they don't make any more matches on Friday, we have five, five matches, and we're going to talk about them. Um, so I just wrote them down the way I found them. So we'll start with Gunther at Miz. Uh, this is this is my prediction for match of the night. Um, it's not that hard of a prediction. See, here's why I'm picking this one. Because a lot of people are going to pick the the War Games matches, but I don't ever use gimmick matches as match of the night. Like a, like an Extreme Rules match can't be match of the night to me because it it it, it has the it has the the gimmick behind it that people are just excited about, right? Like to me, let's just let's go back to Hangman and Swerve for a minute. Let's for, let's say they didn't do the drinking blood segment, right? And the ma- the rest of the match went the way it was. It, I didn't really see anything else bad about it, right? But you had blood, you had barbed wire, you had all these different, you had staples, you had all these different things in a in the Texas death match 
that made the match entertaining, you had a gimmick behind the match. And I think that that, that automatically should eliminate it from being match of the night. That's just, that's just my take an extreme rules match. It can't, you know, there's, there's circumstances behind it that made the match more exciting than it would have been if it was just a normal one-on-one match. Right. And so war games will never be my match of the night. Even they, they could be good matches, but they're not going to be match of the night. And so I think Gunther and Miz will literally put on the best performance of, uh, of the night. Um, and, and I'm picking Gunther to win. I don't think Gunther's going to drop the title anytime soon, to be completely honest with you. Um, I don't know who can beat him for it. Uh, and so we're, uh, we, I think Gunther is going to keep it for a while. Uh, I would not be surprised if he dropped it in Germany next August. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at 10 more months, nine more months of, of Gunther as champion, I believe. Uh, we move on. Zoe Stark, Rhea Ripley. Definitely don't give two shits about this match. Uh, WWE. When Nia Jax showed up, y'all remember that show? I gave you the fucking blueprint on how to have an entertaining feud around Nia Jax. And you just completely did the complete one opposite of what I gave you. I gave you entertainment on a platter. And you didn't listen, and I get it. No one listened to the show from WWE, but they just didn't do anything close to what I, what I thought should have been done. Like, it was easy, man. It was easy. Nia Jax comes in, attacks Raquel and Rhea, right? So Rhea gets pissed off because no one fucks with Rhea Ripley. So Fastlane, Rhea versus Nia for the title. Well, Raquel's pissed off because she lost her chance at the title. So what happens? She attacks Nia Jax. Rhea escapes with the championship after being beaten down. Nia was going to win if not for the, the interaction by Raquel Rodriguez, right? This sets up at, uh, at, uh, crown jewel Raquel versus Nia where Raquel. Hey, guess what? You can make a little political statement in Saudi Arabia where you, where you use the strong woman trope, and, and show that women can do the same things men can do. And you have Raquel Rodriguez like buy, pick up, put over her shoulders, Nia Jax, and beat her. You accomplish two missions. You, you get over Raquel as the strong, give her a little bit of more character. She, she's strong. How is she going to get past Rhea? Well, she was able to, you know, Nia dominated Rhea. She was able to dominate Nia. So now there's a little bit of, of, you know, logic behind her coming in. And so you leave out a crown jewel and then you have Raquel come in and Raquel as a strong competitor against Rhea Ripley comes in and, and this match should be Rhea versus Raquel because Raquel's a, could have been a credible threat. Zoe Stark, she's not there yet. She's not a credible threat yet. She could be. She could be a future champion. I'm not doubting that. Definitely not doubting it. She has potential. She's not there yet. Rhea Ripley's going to win this match, without a doubt. Without a single doubt, Rhea Ripley's going to win this match. So then we get the men's war game. We get the super friends, Cody, Jimmy, or excuse me, Cody, Jay, Sammy, Seth, and now the brand new announced Randy Orton, which we'll talk about here in two seconds, versus Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Because is Drew McIntyre, I don't think they've officially announced that Drew McIntyre is part of Judgment Day. Um, so, so I'm not going to include him in it. But let's talk about Randy Orton real quick, right? How they set this up Monday was fantastic, right? Announcing that he was going to be there, but in Chicago, but not actually have him show up and waste a debut in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, so I liked the, I liked how they set that up. I like that Randy's back. He's, he's my favorite. Well, second favorite wrestler of all time, triple H beating him out as my favorite. Um, super friends are going to win. I thoroughly believe that. 
Um, and can we just stop with this idea that they're going to somehow have Damian Priest cash in in the middle of this match and beat Seth Rollins? I just, I don't see a logical way for a cash in to happen. If this was your traditional five on five elimination style Survivor Series match, guess what? You can make that work. You could have Seth Rollins, you know, be in this match. You could have Judgment Day destroy the other members, have Seth have to take on one on five, where he, right? And he starts fighting back and he starts eliminating members. Priest, say he eliminates Priest, you know, second. And then he works through the rest of the members of the team. And let's say it's Finn versus Seth one on one at the very end. Finn Balor loses. Seth Rollins wins. But then out comes uh, Damian Priest with the briefcase. And then Judgment Day sort of swarms before the Super Friends can get back out there. Cash in. Damian wins. Hey, if you did the elimination style match, like I said, you should have, that would have worked. But we have a match here where it's the first fall wins. And so unless Damian Priest and Seth Rollins start the match, there's never going to be a chance in the match where you have the numbers game to cash in. Because I don't see Seth Rollins coming in second where it would be like three on two. I don't see that happening. And once it's five on five in the in the cage, you're not going to cash in when there's not a clear numbers advantage. So there's no actual circumstance in this uh, in this match where Damian Priest can logically cash in. So can we stop saying he is? Because I don't think he is. I just don't. And I get the the only logical thing is to wait till the match is over, and the cage is up, and then they cash in then when the match is done, but even then, why would you cash in when they, when he has people around him, unless you're just going to a long cam or sort of like hold the, hold the end of the show super long for the cage to go up and the, everyone to go backstage. And then Seth Rollins is just there all alone. And I just don't see you doing that. There's just no logical place where you can have Damien cash in, on Seth Rollins. There's just no logical place for that to happen. Um, we move to the women's war games match. Right now it's four on four. Bianca, Charlotte, Shotzi, Becky versus Kyrie, Asuka, Bailey, and Io. Unless they add a fifth member to each team on Friday, which could happen. Uh, I don't see much changing about this match. I'm going to pick Kyrie, Asuka, Bailey, Io as the winner of this match. Um, and then the last match on the card to talk about is Santos Escobar versus Carlito. And I'm picking Santos. That's the only reason you turn him, right? You're going to start pushing him as a legitimate uh, heel. And Santos is going to get the, the win over Carlito. Uh, that's, that's why you bring Carlito in, right? You're not going to give Carlito the win, are you, WWE? I mean, Vince McMahon would have. But uh, uh, Triple H is so much better, right? Santos Escobar is going to win? I hope so. I hope that's the case. I hope Santos wins. Um, But, yeah, there's that. That's our Survivor Series predictions. Um, I, of, course we're go of course, CM Punk's going to either show up or not show up. We'll talk about that at the review show of if he showed up, what's my what's my thoughts about it? If he doesn't show up, what's my thoughts about it? Um, uh, either way, I don't really give a fuck. But uh, there's our predictions. Again, it's Gunther, Rhea, Super Friends, Damage Control, and Santos Escobar, which means that I have... Now, quick question. Is Zoe a face? Zoe Stark? Because she was a heel. It, I'm assuming when she turned on Trish, that made her a face. I don't know. 
this is why I don't like the definite that guy. The, I don't like designating people healer face. Just let people have some sort of personality and motivation. I care more about motivation than are you a heel or are you a face? Honestly. Um, but with that, that's another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Uh, definitely won't be another episode this week with the holiday coming up. Happy Thanksgiving to all the American uh, listeners, because uh, I know everywhere else won't be celebrating Thanksgiving. Um, so if you're an American listener, hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, if, if you're listening from elsewhere around the world, we thank you for listening. Like, share, subscribe. Share this episode uh, with everyone you know who likes wrestling. SlappingMeatWrestling.com for your merch. And the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast Discord link is in the description, both on YouTube and on podcast networks. Click the link. Join the Discord. We'd love to see you there. Uh, please leave a review, and we will see you all next week on the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Brother, I'm going on a wild Hulk Hogan If I like it's a moment